Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters listeners and friends, you are very welcome to the Talkship of Talkers here on irishtalkers.com. Our email address is info at irishtalkers.com and we'd love to hear from you. Do send us a message because we consider it to be feedback and evaluation. You could also leave a message on our Facebook, which is the Talkship of Talkers. You can also listen to our whole archive for the last eight years on our website, irishtalkers.com. My name is Moira O'Brien, and I'm joined this week, as always, by the productive, presidential, and even portentous Mr. Paul Amani. Who is here? Listeners, bring you a bit of news from behind the scenes at the museum. Sorry, I, that's a book thread. Behind the scene at Toastmaster National. And I'm also joined by the jesting, jesting, but gentle Mr. James Finnegan. What a wonderful introduction, Maura. Thank you so very much. I'll try to be all three of those things this, today. I've been working very hard on it, uh, finding the synonyms. Unfortunately, there aren't too many J's. There are a few F's, and I've, I've got a few F's, but we'll, we'll keep those in hand for a future episode. Just be careful with those F words, you know. I mean, they, they are... <laughs> We are uh, a toast. I'll do my best. I'll do my best, Paul. Let's uh, let's dive into today's episode. This is our our longer episode where we look at what's going on around Toastmasters and have a word of the week and something to do with speechcraft. But let's start off with the roundup of Toastmasters, Paul. Let's know what's happening. The most interesting thing I'm going to report to you on. It's about speech contests, four speech contests, every in District 71. One is meant to be humorous. Another is meant to be about a topic you've never heard of before. Another is meant to be a bit of feedback to a speaker who's uh, spoken for five to seven minutes. That's called an evaluation contest. And the last one is the one that goes all the way up to the world level, which is a lot of levels. It's called the international speech. And what is going to be going on? Well, what's going on right now at the moment are what are called division speech finals. Divisions. In our district, we have 12 of them. I think two of them, well, it depends on what date you start. So Some of them will have been held by the time you listen to this. These speech contests in give a lot of people an opportunity to be asked if they'd like to help out. And it also gives a whole lot of people an opportunity to practice their persuasive influence to see if they can possibly get somebody to help out. So the division speech finals would be going on. And I hope you know, Liverpool, we're going to meet the Beatles in the end of May. And uh, it is not confirmed that Paul McCartney will be at the district uh, conference. So please don't be spreading the news that Paul McCartney will be coming to give an, uh, an opening address. It's not true. Just And if anybody tells you the Beatles are coming to play for the evening entertainment, tell them be ready to be disappointed. But there'll be speech finals, four of them in Liverpool. And there'll be more than four contests because there will be four semifinals. And in fact, there'll be eight semifinals. And four finals, I believe there'll be uh, two uh, table topic semifinals. James is looking at me. He's doing the maths. He's got his abacus out. He's multiplying four by two. by. Anyway, there's going to be a lot of speech finals. So 
that's one reason to go along to Liverpool. Now, we'll come back to some other ones at the moment. No, so there's number one thing. What else do I think you'll be very interested in? Well, let's say that at Liverpool, there are going to be elections. Who do you want to be the district director next year? Who do you want to be the program quality director next year? Who do you want to be the club growth director next year? Who do you want to be the public relations manager next year? And there are 12 division director posts up for election and you president and you vice president for education take you all in the district you have the biggest number of votes a small number of division directors have votes a little bit more of area directors have votes but the great thing about toastmasters is that the people who get elected get elected by the grassroots so there you are and by the time you listen to this you might even have seen a list of the candidates. So they're coming up. They'll all be elected by the people who go to the conference, either online or in person. And in District 71, we'll be using a piece of software called Election Runner. That does not mean somebody runs around collecting the ballots from every. It's a digital form of elections. So that's another thing that happens in Liverpool. Now, what else will be happening to you? At the moment, you will be getting a visit from somebody whose job it is to support you. And who do you think that is? Whose job is it to bring you support on behalf of district officers? It's the area director. So you will be getting, hopefully, a visit from your area director who will be coming to the club, noticing what's going on, talking with certainly the club executive and delivering a written report, which is there to help the club. And the presidents will be able to show that report to the other people on the club committee. Committee will be able to consider it. The committee will be able to communicate to the membership what the area director has reported. I'm talking about the best of all possible worlds. So there we are. So that's the area directors. And I can tell you there will be elections coming up for next year's area director, and that will need to be held probably by the day you hear this podcast. No, not quite. The date for people to be nominated and elected finally is the 14th of May. So all clubs should be getting a written notification four weeks before that to tell them that there's going to be an election, there's going to be a meeting, and to tell them that the president, the vice president for education, and the vice president for membership all have a... Now, what else? Realignment. Realignment where some clubs are moved from one area into another. Essentially, it means two things. If you're moved in a club into a different area, you're area speech content the following year will be competing with people from different that's you'll also have a different area you may well come in contact with additional clubs that you may not have been in touch with before but by and large it won't affect the club very much it will affect the support that's being given to the clubs but realignment as far as i can affects club members mainly by putting them up in speech contests to uh, Put themselves up against other people than they might be used up against. Of course, it could mean you get moved into an area which is full of terribly strong speakers, or you could find that you're moved into an area which has speakers who are barely interested 
in the speech contest. So there you go. What else will be happening? In terms of the overall leadership in a district, there's a group of people called the District Leadership Committee. Now, between now and the conference in Liverpool, they'll actually be meeting twice to do things on your behalf. I'm not going to have time to talk to you today about the increase in membership subscriptions and exactly what that involved, but there'll be a lot of talk. There'll be a lot of talk over, indeed, more than the next few weeks. But I'll give you a little tip. If you want to minimize your expenditure, pay your, not this period, but the next period, pay it before the 1st of August, and then you miss the increase in sub. It doesn't go up until after the 1st of August. And it'll kick in then for later next winter. I think that is about this uh, week's or this fortnight's roundup of what's going on at the moment in our district, probably going on in all the districts of the world. May I pass over to you now, Moira O'Brien, to feed in to James Finnegan, who'll probably be saying something much more interesting than I've been saying. Well, now, Paul, I could. But on the other hand, there is this small, insubstantial matter of the word of the week. And I think if my memory serves me correctly, this is something that uh, that you normally do. And I'm not right, Paul? Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is a this is a very small matter. So it's a little bit of flim flam, you could say, uh, uh, something which is kind of nonsense, I suppose. But the word this week is flim flam. Isn't that nice? Flim flam? F-L-I-M-F-L-A-M. And it is really about something that is insubstantial. Although if you call nonsense insubstantial, you'll accept that. If you think nonsense is one of the best things to have, you probably won't think it's flim flam. So I can tell you that there are some flim flammers out there. Flim flammers are people who go around talking in a deceptive nonsense way, or even engage in fraud, flim-flammers. And there's another interesting variation on the word flim-flam, and it is, that's a bit of flim-flammery. Now, good luck to you if you want to use the the word flim-flammery in an international speech contest. Good luck to you if you think that listeners all around the world will understand what flim-flammery is. But I can tell you that if you flimflam somebody, you bamboozle them, you mislead them, you deceive them. Got a quiz for you, listeners. When do you think the word flimflam entered the English language for the first time? Was well, I'm it- for that, Paul, because uh, to me, that sounds very Shakespearean. So I'm going to say somewhere around the, the mid 17th century. Well, what a brilliant answer. Now, in the history of talk show for talkers, that's one of the most accurate guesses that we usually have to this. I'm going to ask James Finnegan, who is at the moment Googling the word madly. James, have you found out when flimflam was introduced to the English language? I don't know when it was introduced, Paul, but while you were talking about it there, it brought back happy memories of an old-fashioned film back in the early 70s, The Sting, the ultimate flimflam. So I'm going to go with 1920s Prohibition, Chicago, and not in any way directed towards our esteemed Toastmaster colleagues. Well, I can tell you, um, James, that before the English Civil War, they engaged in flimflam. 
It goes right back to a few years before the English Civil War began, 1838 to be precise. And it was in the morning in 1838 when that word was first published. Don't ask me where it was published. I've I've done my research. That's all. So flim flam listeners. Um, hold on, Paul. You said 1838. I meant to say 1538. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Otherwise, James would have got it right and you would have got it wrong. But this week, <laughs> you're actually closest to it. So I'll give you that one. So, yes, flim flam. And uh, it's pretty handy if you want to do a whole load of uh, alliteration. It probably tempts you into the final flim flam from Freddy was. You can just uh, imagine. Now, look, that's the word of the week, listeners. Use it as often as you can. And people will ask you, what does it mean? Flim flam. Back to you, James. Flim flam Finnegan. Actually, there, there we go. are. Flim flam <laughs> Finnegan. What would you like to talk about? What, what's going to be your legacy, James? Well, it's funny you say that, Paul, because legacy is what I'm going to talk about. And ironically, I'm not someone who ever worried about legacy. But in recent weeks, I found myself thinking more and more about it. District 71 is celebrating 50 years. And my own Trilly Toastmasters Club this month is celebrating 30 years. I'm reading former international president Ted Corcoran's book called A Comprehensive History of Toastmasters in Great Britain and Ireland. And for once, the book does exactly what it says on the cover. It's been fascinating to go back and see and read about names that I've heard of, and even on occasion, see pictures of people I've worked with these past number of years on Zoom. Both yourself, Paul and Moira, would know these people very well. And one of the things I'm looking forward to at the District 71 convention is actually meeting these people face to face. I'm also looking, as I said, at Trilly Toastmasters for 30 years. And what I find groups generally are very good at keeping immediate records. But when you start trying to research the origins groups, the records aren't quite so good. Legacy is, I would suggest, one of those offshoots from a Toastmaster program that we don't think about terribly often. To quote Warren Buffett, Someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. But what I have found interesting in Ted's book is seeing those people who have achieved such success. But as always, I ask myself, where are the other members? Those who perhaps don't reach the hallowed heights of high office, but who make that so important contribution to themselves and their community. Like dropping a pebble in a pond, the ripples spread outwards. Where they go, we do not know, but they do go and they hit other objects and those ripples are spread as well. Leadership is not about a title or a designation. It's about impact. It's about influence and it's about inspiration. They're the words of Robin Sharma. Curiously enough, I'm also reading another book, stunningly entitled Legacy. Yes, I am one of those annoying people that read multiple books at the same time. Legacy is a book by James Kerr about the All Blacks, the New Zealand rugby team, perhaps the most famous, perhaps the most successful sports team in the world. There's a Maori word, taonga, and I apologize for any New Zealand listeners who are cringing at my pronunciation. But it means to treasure, 
a sacred object held in temporary trust until passed on till the next. And I would imagine that over 30 years of Trini Toastmaster, so many people have gone through our club, have learned Toastmaster techniques and methods, and have gone out into the communities, into their homes, into their schools, and have passed on those little ripples of information, of techniques, of style. If you read all these business books and all these high achiever books, be they in sport or life, you can sum, sum up the aspirations in three terms. Have goals, aim high, don't give up. But in my experience, there's always a subgenre, a time when someone, a teacher, a relative, a friend, who at that moment of crisis have said to them, you can do this, have a go, I believe in you. So for all those past and present, and dare I say future Toastmasters, who have led and inspired and contributed to make a difference, who aren't mentioned in books, but trust me, are not forgotten nor ignored. As Ted says in his book, what an outstanding story of persistence and passionate commitment from countless Toastmasters down through the years since 1972. Let's put some faces onto those names and let's acknowledge their contribution and let's not forget them at the moments of celebration and anniversaries. Wow, James, I just want to chip in one thing. You have me writing down. I wonder how difficult it would be to compile a list of all the, or of a large number of people who have left Toastmasters, who have moved on, and who may very well have taken with them something of great value out into the community and may even have forgotten where they gained it from. It may have amplified something. So I think you've raised a really big thought in my mind and a big wish. Who has left and gone on to do good work for the good of society? Long may they prosper. That seems to me like a very auspicious time to close this meeting. So thank you all for listening. I'm glad that you've stuck with us this far. So goodbye from me this week, Moira O'Brien, and from my colleagues, Paul. Paul saying thank you very much for listening. And James. Thank you for listening. And please do get in touch with any comments or suggestions you might like us to cover. Very much so. See you again next week. Bye for now.